Murphy Houston. Hey, we're continuing with Mile High Magazine. Thank you, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, talking about the pet situation. And now joining us is Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health. He comes on with us every week to give us kind of a rundown of what's happening here in Colorado. And my partner for this segment is Jayla Sanchez-Warren from the Area Agency on Aging of Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Governments. They're helping so many people. If you're a caregiver or a senior that needs help or your parents need help, you should call them at 303-480-6700. But let's talk to Dr. John Douglas. So, uh, Dr. Douglas, how are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, Murph. Uh, uh, kind of like Jayla, running as fast as we can. Well, I, that's not going to stop for a while, I'm sure. But we were uh, talking a little bit about this before we started uh, broadcasting today. i got to tell you, folks, everybody's looking for a way they can help out. Fortunately, maybe you're healthy, you got the kids home, but you know, maybe buy meals from a restaurant that can get delivered to your house, things like that. But I was reading today, and I was telling uh, John and Jayla, I didn't know this, but there is a National Bobblehead Museum. Imagine that. <laughs> and if you want to raise money for the National Hospital Association, their goal is to try to get 100 million masks because they need money. If you go, and you can Google this, I don't have the email address, but if you Google National Bobblehead Museum for a mere $25 and every penny goes to the National Hospital Association, you can buy a bobblehead, are you ready for it, of Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, the guy that's become like our grandpa, you see, on the air all the time telling us what to do with this crisis for 25 bucks. Don't you think you have to have one of those guys? A Fauci bobblehead? Yeah, I do. I just Googled it. Uh, they've raised 100000 so far. It looks like a great bobblehead. Well, great. See, and I, I'm, I'm going to email them and see if they'll come up with a bobblehead for our friend Dr. John Douglas. <laughs> I think that's the perfect idea. It's got more of a local value to us because we all know John. He's on all the time. He's a smart guy. He's keeping us informed of what's going on with the virus in Colorado. You should have your own bobblehead, John. <laughs> I think I'd rather have a Fauci one, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> well, there's a way we can raise some money. I'm glad that you Googled it already, $100,000. That's pretty cool. That's a lot of money. That's fantastic. It's a great idea. Well, let's uh, let's get down to craziness here. What's going on in Colorado with the uh, with the virus? And what's the update, John? What's going on? We're in our, uh, I guess, uh, moving into our third week of stay at home per the governor's orders. Um, and you know, a lot of people are getting a little weary of it. But as the governor tells us a couple times a week, um, we. Uh, uh, need to stay the course because this uh, avoiding uh, social contact with each other, uh, at least in person, is probably our best tool for flattening the curve and preventing uh, an overrun of our hospital facilities. Um, we do believe we're beginning to see some signs of progress. We diagnose uh, uh, new cases every day. We have new people hospitalized every day. But it looks like the number of new cases for the last couple of days may be starting to decline. Underline maybe because this stuff can change. That would be incredibly encouraging if that pattern continues because that tells us that the hardships that so many people have been enduring, some of which is just a personal hassle, but for a lot of people it's an economic hardship. We heard today that unemployment claims nationally have entered a level not since seen since the Great Recession in the yeah. 30s, the Great Depression in the 30s. So this is this is not an easy thing to do, but it's very 
uh, uh, encouraging to, to uh, observe that we may be beginning to see some uh, payoff from this work. Well, I was wondering about that because I heard, I guess, just the other day, was it just a week ago, they thought the minimum amount of deaths we would see in uh, America was 240,000. And now they're starting to lower to like 60,000. Is that true? Well, you know, these numbers get floated around, and that's based on one of the most widely used mathematical disease transmission models. And it's it's highly respected, but it uses some assumptions that are different than other models. For example, the uh, School of Public Health, Colorado is lucky enough to have its own School of Public Health right here in Denver. Their team has been fantastic of uh, taking approaches that other modelers have used, but using our own data to do our own Colorado model. And they suggest that we're probably, that's probably not as, we're probably not in as rosy a position as that uh, uh, model that you referred to earlier. Um, It does suggest we are beginning to see progress. Um, And it's not just that business of early signs of flattening the curve, but when you look at information about are we really staying at home? Are we really avoiding social contact with each other? There, there are different measures of that. How many cars are on the highway at any particular point in time? When you track cell phones, which all, by the way, have little geo apps on them, so Google and Apple can really figure out how far we're moving in the day, there has been a dramatic reduction in mobility by that measure, maybe 80% or so. And if that translates into we're really not coming into contact with each other, that would be a, a, a terrific early indicator that we're starting to make a difference here. What do you think, Jayla? Well, you know, I, I, I am so encouraged by this. Uh, we are now in the AAA network. We're certainly working on, um, you know, the, the current needs, um, and there are a lot of them, but we're also starting to talk about, you know, three months from now, six months from now. And I really worry about the population that we serve because the, the virus is still going to be out there when, uh, you know, when we get the, the, the okay to go to not stay at home anymore, um, it's still going to be out there. So we still have to take precautions. And our older folks are still going to be the most vulnerable populations or those with underlying health conditions. So um, we're talking about how we're going to do that and how we're going to bring things back in time. At the same time, our provider network is really struggling um, to keep their doors open, which is concerning. Yeah, this is John. I, I, I really... Uh, completely endorse your your concern. Um, I mean, we we see more and more data that confirms the original premise that it's our older neighbors, relatives, friends that are the ones that are at greatest risk of infection. And when we do begin to, quote, open back up and stay at home less, we're absolutely still going to have to worry about uh, that part of our population. I do want to mention that we've got a new twist on the horizon um, and that is a, a broader and broader recommendation that not just healthcare providers ought to be wearing masks, but all of us should be wearing medical grade masks because there's not enough of that for the doctors and nurses now. That's why the national bubble has people are doing their thing. Um, but cloth masks that you can make with some pretty easy sort of do-it-yourself kind of things, even with auto sewing machines, you can cut up a T-shirt and make it work pretty well can reduce the risk of me transmitting infection to you if you and I are sitting in the same room together 
and it can probably help protect me if you've got an infection and we're sitting in the same room. Right. That's definitely something that we're talking about is all of the community-based care providers getting, you know, the PPE that we need um, to to kind of deal with the aftermath. You know, everybody, um, uh, once they get out of the hospital, they go back home or they're at home. Um, we know there's gonna there's been a whole lot of um, doctor's appointments that have been delayed. Um, those regular checkups, you know, those. Um, uh, those medical needs that haven't been attended to that weren't serious but, you know, still need to be attended to. So there's going to be a whole lot more people going back into the doctor's office, um, uh, more transportation trips, more uh, need out there, more in-home, you know, in-home services will start up again. Uh, and so that's something that, that community-based health providers have not had because, uh, the ones that were had some were were taking it to the hospitals and giving it to the hospitals, and so now we got to find a way to stock back up um, and yeah. Really glad to hear that's going around your community because I think all, the more that all of us sort of walk the walk or mask the mask, we begin to yeah. more, normalize that kind of behavior. I think that the, the more of us will be be adopting it. Good idea. I like that. So, John, I have to ask you, you know, every week on the on the news, it's either New York City or Los Angeles. And actually, yesterday, when I was watching some of the news, they had Governor Polis on as Colorado, they're saying, is about ready to become a real hotspot. And this week and next week is pretty crucial for everybody to obey what they're asking us to stay home, the masks, everything. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think I think we're, it's, it's the, you know the predicted peak. That's the term we're kind of using these days. Is a little hard to pin down. I don't think it's quite this soon, but it could be within a couple of weeks. Um, I do want to acknowledge that for many people of faith, this is an important week. Whether you're Jewish celebrating Passover, or whether you're Christian uh, in the middle of Holy Week getting ready for Easter, um, our our practices are going to need to change this week if we're going to be if you will, carrying out the tenets of our faith and trying to love our neighbors. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that's a hardship. Yeah. If you're a, a person of faith and you've been sort of locked away, not being able to do a Seder with your friends or be to church on Easter, that's really, really hard. Um, and yet I, I want to say that it's, it's, it's something given the projected uh, closeness of that peak time is really important for all of us to try to adhere to. Absolutely, and uh, we're curious. I like uh, now. I sound like an official reporter when I say this. My inside source in the governor's office says <laughs> that we have just received a bunch of masks here in Colorado that have to be checked by CSU to make sure they're okay. Is that true? Uh, I've heard rumors of it, but your inside source <laughs> may be better than my inside source. Um, I know that the state's been scrambling. Uh, it's been on the news that our national stockpile has really run out of protective gear. Um, FEMA, which has stepped up to help out, has not got enough gear that they can provide nationally. And so our state and even, frankly, our counties are scrambling now to find personal protective equipment wherever they can. Some of this stuff, as you just suggested, might need to be done with the state. has to be checked out to be sure it's legitimate stuff and is really going to work. So I'm hoping your inside source is correct. 
Well, me too, because I never know who to believe anymore. You hear so much stuff on TV and radio, and we had a guy on not too long ago on No Co Pay Radio said, quit watching the news. <laughs> Do you agree with that, Dr. John? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was on a town hall the other night. It was about COVID and mental health. And, and I do think there is something to be said that when you turn on the news, it's about 90% COVID. Now, for me, that's okay if I have time to watch the news, because that's what I'm spending all my waking hours doing anyway. But if you're sort of not in the game professionally and you're kind of feeling lonely and depressed, I think I think really trying to balance how much of that stuff we fire hose into our lives is probably a good idea. So I'm not sure turning it off completely is the right idea, but I do think trying to create some rhythm in your life that doesn't involve endless uh, 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 social media or endless TV absorbing that stuff is probably a smart idea. Well, Jayla, are you watching the news? I do, but I take, you know, the person you're talking about is Hunter Kennedy, who was on our show um, from Footprints of Recovery. And, and he said, um, you know, it's like watching a train wreck happen over and over and over again, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so I think it's important to understand, you know, a couple of times a day what's going on, What's new? What's the new recommendations? But don't have it on all day long, which so yeah. many people do, because it's just, it really is, can be really depressing and really feel like you're out of control. Um, and that's that's not good for anybody. Oh, gosh, you know, I'm sure John will agree with that. Hey, John, before you go, I'm asking about how are things out in the rural areas of Colorado? Are they seeing more cases of COVID-19 out there? What's the hospital situation like? Because I think it would be a little harder once it gets away from the city. Yeah, you know, we are starting to see the new orders. I think the, uh, the state of orders have been helpful in terms of preventing bumps and uh, infection everywhere, but it, it is beginning to manifest in rural areas. And, of course, as you will probably recall, one of our biggest early hotspots were our mountain resort communities. Now, some of those aren't, quote, rural, but they are sparsely populated. So pretty good evidence that it can uh, manifest everywhere. I do want to say that we are trying to buff and, and buttress hospital capacity everywhere across the state. But one of the reasons the hospitals in our area are working so hard is that they really are a statewide resource. If people get sick and hospitals get overwhelmed on the eastern plains or in the mountains, uh, we want to be sure that we've got capacity here to address their needs. Uh, we are uh, working, the, the, the teams in the hospitals are working tirelessly on getting ourselves ready for that. And I'm feeling more and more confident every day that the steps they're taking are really going to provide us that sort of surge capacity. Well, I like it, uh, Dr. Douglas, when you say the word confidence. You're gaining confidence. That makes us all feel a little more at ease as day by day we see progress, and hopefully we're going to get on top of this pretty soon. And uh, Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health uh, here in the state of Colorado, you're doing a great job, and we appreciate you coming on, well, every weekend with us or every week to, to kind of give us an update. Appreciate that. Well, great to be with you, Murph. Uh, and JLI, you guys have a fantastic uh, week and weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, well, we'll talk to you next weekend for sure.